Hey guys, welcome back to Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. I might cross promote this across Mike Force. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But um, if you're listening to this, um, welcome. Um, I've been doing this hosting for a bit now, and a lot of the topics that I focus on are things that I'm interested in. Uh, like last week, we had Dan on, who was a a staff sergeant who was in the military who got the boot. Um, he got the boot basically for standing up and saying. He didn't want the vaccine. And these things are real-world issues, but I'm super interested in these type of conversations, which is why I brought on my next guest. Um, we have some mutual friends, um, Little Belt Cattle Co. Um, the industry is full of uh, characters, I'll say that. Um, but good people trying to do good things. And the biggest thing I'm interested in is the, the gap, kind of the void that lies between ranchers and farmers and your kitchen plate. I mean, the fact that um, you don't know how to make that connection. Like, what's the start point? The start point isn't the grocery store down the road, even though I I'm all about supporting them. But when it comes to meat, protein that I'm putting on my kids' plates, I want to make sure that I make a connection and know where that food comes from, which is why I brought on my next guest, AJ. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. I, I saw you on social media and I I've been following you for a bit and I've been kind of tuning into what you've been saying. And all the things you're saying are making sense. Um, I want people to get a sense of who you are. Let's talk about your background and where you come from and then how you got to the business you are now. Yeah. Um, so I'm from St. George, Utah. Uh, family are fifth generation ranchers. So my family were some of the last to settle the lower 40, uh, homestead the lower 48. So 1916, they went out on the Arizona Strip, staked their flag in the ground, said this is our land, and started homesteading from there. So we've been in the cattle industry for a long time. Now, I'm the city slicker cousin, so I got to do all the brandings and the cattle drives, but I didn't wake up and do the daily chores. Uh, and so my life didn't only revolve around agriculture. And I kind of wished it did when I was a kid. You know, I was jealous that that wasn't my life. But it proved to be valuable later on because I learned how to speak urban and rural, mm. right? And that's the challenge. Like, there are ships passing in the night. The The producer or the ranchers don't really know how to communicate what they're up to or how they're raising the food or how to get it to people. And the consumer doesn't know how to find them. And so there's this huge disconnect that's happened over the last, you know, th two, three generations is all to, to know how to source our food and, and then how to get it to the, to the public, right? It's all centralized under four major corporations. So family's been doing this for a long time. I grew up listening to uh, family, we'd have these family meetings that would get pretty heated around the BLM is reducing these water rights. They're taking these grazing rights. They're, you know, all of these things take, 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 take. So I heard that all growing up and it's just a hard industry to be in. They're, they're barely making it. You know, we, it's like 1% of our population is all that's left raising our food in the United States. Mm. And, uh, of that, so there's something like 2.9 million farms and ranches in the U.S. Of that, 1.9 million are considered small farms and ranches, which means uh, the USDA classifies that as 300,000 a year in revenue or less. Uh, since 2000, we've lost 40% of our small farms and ranches wow. since the year 2000. So it's a crisis. We're in, we're in trouble, right? Because Human beings need three major things, food, shelter, safety. I, I put water in there with the food. Yeah, There are basic human needs and we've forsaken it. We've just let it go. So I grew up seeing all this and then I lived in the city uh, in, in Phoenix for about 12 years after I got home from the military. And uh, 
I was just noticing that people have no clue where their food's coming from. During that time, my family are the Bundy ranchers. So if you watched all the news back in 2014 and then again in 2016, uh, you might have your own opinion of what's going on, but you certainly don't know the actual details of what's going on, mm -hmm. right, uh, behind the scenes. You only know what the media wanted you to know about all of that. But what I did pick up on was I was in a self-development course in L.A. when it was going down like it was the it was the trending news topic, right? So these are my cousins, these are my uncles, and I'm in L.A. with a bunch of people in the city. And what I recognize is my uncles are over here trying to warn people of what's going on. Their method of which they did it with the militia was all that got attention, right? Mm -hmm. So the communication was broken. Because the, the people in the city, all they were hearing was what the news was telling them, which is our militia takes over, you know, this wildlife place in, in Oregon. Hey, this summer you can help Black Rifle Coffee and the boot campaign raise $1 million for veterans. All you need to do is grab a can of ready-to-drink coffee from your local grocery or convenience store from May 31st to August 31st. Every can of ready-to-drink coffee you buy will contribute to making this massive donation possible. Thanks, you guys. So the point is I could just see this massive disconnect between just the communication. Mm. And so then 2020 happened and the store shelves are empty, right? And people are like freaking out because they can't get food. They can't get toilet paper. They're, I think we were more worried about toilet paper than food at that yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. But I'm noticing like, okay, well, wait a minute. There's a cow standing right here in the field. So there's food. We have just forgotten how to source it. Because we used to have farmer's markets or you go far enough back, Mike, you got the beef, I'll handle the sheep and the vegetables. You know, it was a it was a community effort to feed the community. Mm. You look around where we're at now, nothing sold in your store is from local. Like even though we have lots of ag and, and cattle in Utah, mm -hmm. they're all shipped off and then sold somewhere else, mm. right? So if our supply chain stopped today, if the trucks stopped rolling today, People are going to starve just because they don't know how to call the guy or they're going to get shot because they're just trying to jump the fence because they're hungry to take what they can because they don't know how to communicate anymore. So seeing all that, I'm like, okay, the most basic thing we can do is uh, develop a nice meeting place for everybody and then get that communication flow happening again. It's like a farmer's market, but we I want to digitize it. Yeah, it's like you're the shaman into an old world or something. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, it's, just cra it's so crazy, yeah. but it, that's how far disconnected we are yeah. from just primal responsibilities. Right. Like you said, uh, this is hierarchy of uh, basic needs. Yep. We're neglecting in that. And, and you know, I, I started paying attention to this a little bit a few years ago with uh, Colorado Craft uh, Beef Company. Mm -hmm. um, I started talking to guys in the industry and space and, and talking, and all their complaints had to do with their dependency or the industry's dependency on the system. Yes. Right. And yeah. a lot it's heavily subsidized. Yep. And a lot of it is backed by the federal government. But we've seen what the federal government is capable of with irresponsible people who aren't paying attention, which people are the government, guys. It's not yeah. like secret, deep you know, state, whatever. That's just dumb people. <laughs> making dumb decisions. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. And and now we're in the we're in the uh, position right now where we're focused more on war efforts across the globe than we are on our own communities. Mm -hmm. And 
we see the homelessness, we see the drug overdoses, we see the the absent thinking or or forethought of planning and preparation for setting us up for success yep. when we need to feed ourselves into the future. Right. And I certainly advocate in self-reliance at my company Philcraft. We talk about it all the time, like hunt, you know, fish, do these things on your own to help your family um, source its own protein. Mm-hmm. But also support your local rancher and farmer. What what's the start point with you trying to connect ranchers and farmers and people with technology? How how do we how do we come up with something like that? What's the start point there? Well, first I had to understand the system and how it was currently operating and where the break was. So I've I've been working on this for three years. So this, like I said, this idea happened in 2020 and i'm like okay we need to build a a a central meeting location and then i had to work my way through understanding every level so i sold meat for my family's ranch direct to consumer in 2020 and then when COVID hit all of the meat packing plants the big ones shut down Mm. so then i called to schedule my next slaughter for my customers and the processors like i can get you in in 12 to 18 months I'm like, holy shit, I got people that are waiting for their orders. So then I'm driving all over the state of Utah to any slaughterhouse I could squeeze into just to get the meat processed. So what happened is when the big processing, because we're centralized, we screwed ourselves. We're so centralized. When the big guys closed that we're all dependent on now, they because people who were sick, they couldn't go to work, the feedlots backed up, which meant the guys fattening cows or, or having their cow calves backed up. And so then they're like, well, shit, I can't feed these animals forever. So they just hammered any local uh, 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 processing plant that they could get into. So the whole system just broke because we're so centralized. So we've got, we have a lot more problems than just learning who to connect with. We don't have the infrastructure anymore. Now that's coming online, like grants and stuff. You'll see small meat packing plants popping up all over the place. Yeah, because it's expensive. Greg, Greg from Little Belt talked to me about this. Yeah. And he said that was a breakdown in the chain. Yep. You know, people can get the animals, they can get fed, they can get grazed, but the, to get processed, yeah, to get to your plate is a difficult thing because yep. everybody was centralized, yes, independent on this sole system. So now people are going, well, let me invest and start up a meat uh, plant, and then they look at the numbers and it's like. Oh my God. Yeah. Because it not only is it expensive, but it's highly regulated. That's right. Right. Highly regulated. And and then on top of that, I don't know how easy it is for you to find employees, but imagine trying to find employees to stand in a cold room cutting meat all day. Yeah. So great. Now we've got funding to build a plant, but COVID also broke the Americans' will to work, mm-hmm. to earn a living, to to better themselves. And even if that wasn't your job forever, like I don't know about you, but my first jobs, you know, I had a job cleaning out shitters, porta jobs. Yep. Right? Yeah. I did whatever I had to, and I learned from those experiences. I learned I de- definitely didn't want to be cleaning shitters out when I was older, but yeah. that's broken. So now we've got meat plants that you can't even hire people. Yeah. And so so it's expensive to build. There's so many regu- – we get regulated heavier. American USDA plants are regulated heavier than foreign meat being imported in. Wow. It's bullshit. It's yeah. freaking crazy. Because it's just probably regulated as it arrives. And they're like, thumbs up. Yeah. But they're not regulating the plants. You that don't they know come what's from. happening in Paraguay when the, when that animal's being raised and how yeah. they're being housed. They're not watching that. And Paraguay, I bring it up because they're trying to bring, they're trying to approve uh, importing beef from Paraguay right now. And Paraguay did that once before. And we had a major outbreak of foot and mouth disease from foreign beef because they're not regulated the same way we are. So 
it's like if you're an American ag, you're fighting this uphill battle. <clears throat> and I think it's related to, uh, especially nowadays, I think it's related to food IP, mm. fake meat, all this fake bullshit, intellectual property. Yeah. You know, there's guys, there was a, there was an instance with a corn grower whose neighboring property was a GMO modified Monsanto corn. The seeds blew over to his land and grew on his land and they sued him in one because they were growing hit their intellectual property corn. Fucking crazy. Yeah, Bill. I mean, Bill Gates is the biggest investor in Beyond Meats. Exactly. And you let you look at all the things he touches and influences. It's like he's just going to throw money at the problem to make it go away. Right. And if Ag's standing in the way of that, which seemingly he's been on camera, he's been on documentaries talking about how this is the future. Mm -hmm. And I see these people eat these damn Beyond Meat. I've tried it before, just as a novelty item. Yeah. But it's like the fact that we're we're putting fish in petri dishes to make a culture and strand of meat to get that protein and then to pretend like we're we're helping the environment. Yep. Like get the hell out of here. Yeah. Well, they, the USDA just approved the first lab-grown meat chicken. Just happened like this last week. And you look at who the other investors are in fake meat, it's also the big four processors. They're hedging their bets, so they don't give they're not loyal. They yeah. don't give a shit. It's yeah. all money for them, right? Interesting. It's got nothing to do with feeding Americans or mm -hmm. feeding anybody. Yeah. So this, the whole thing is just completely corrupted, and we as the Americans are the fodder. We're just the experiment, mm -hmm. right? And, and we're just churning money. That's all they care about. Yeah. But then you have these small farmers and ranchers because the system has been built for the big guys, right? They go to auction. Well, the auction is manipulated by whether the big guys are buying or not. So if they just have, if they hold out for a little bit, prices drop, and then. They go in and buy, and it's just, it's a constant. It's like a stock market for them. It's for crazy, yeah. And they're it, pitching pennies because yes. pennies equal for them millions and billions yep. of dollars of profit. Yep. Are, when you say big guys, do you mean like Tyson and all? I, yeah, so the big four is Cargill, JBS, Tyson, and National Beef. Those and, are our big four. And and two those, of those are foreign entities. Really? JBS is the largest in the world, and it's a Brazilian company. And if you do, the, if you do some research on the CEO, the leaders of JBS, they're thugs. Oh, they're 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 straight up. They've been in they've been in Brazilian like prison. Yeah, and that's who is the number one beef manu uh, producer in the nation in the in the world. Really? Yeah. So the the big four, the beef industry is like a sixty four billion dollar industry. They control eighty five percent of it. Wow! And that fifteen percent, that trimming of the fat, that's small organic. I assume ranches that's, and farms. That's farms? just anybody else. Like if you're selling oh. meat and you're not part of the big four, if it's a white label, like like Greg, Greg's part of that 15% sliver. Got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. Yep. So this 85% of the market share, this is what you find at your local Smiths down yes. the road. Yep. All the big box retail chains, yep. McDonald's, mm -hmm. Chick-fil-A. Yep. I assume they're all being fed by these producers who can manufacture essentially and distribute yes. in mass. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. And and we export the same volume that we import. So they're buying cheap from ranchers in the US, selling at high end in Japan. They're buying shitty beef from like South Africa, Paraguay, and selling and, and making, you know, a shit ton of money because they're buying it super cheap down there, bringing it over here yeah. and upselling it to Americans. In those four big companies. Uh huh. Yep. So you don't know when you eat food from the market. A lot of Americans think, well, if I go to the local local uh, I don't know Publix, yep, and I pick up a a styrofoam and you know plastic wrap yep. 
pink gelatin of whatever the hell that is, that's at least coming from America. <laughs> that likely, there's a percentage of that that's not coming from America. No, and worse, it says on the package, product of the USA. Because they have the, the USDA created this rule that says you can raise it in another country. And they'll slaughter it in the other country and put it in shipping containers and ship it over and then chop it up in the meat packers here and sticker it. Product of the USA. It makes me want to vomit, man. It's bullshit. That makes me want to vomit. Yep. Well, one, like, if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely an American mm -hmm. and you love this country. And you, you go into any grocery store. And I don't mean like farmer's markets. I mean like big chain grocery stores. And you go in their meat aisle. How can, like, when you look at that meat, it looks freaking disgusting. Like pink, almost opaque. <laughs> it, dude, it is disgusting. And, and you don't know when that stuff's been cycled through. Yep. You know, you, you trust that the grocery store has a reputation. I, I, do, I would never, and I hate to say this because some people are like, well, it must be nice. Well, it must be nice to fucking go out of my way to hunt. Yeah. It must be nice to go out of my way to feed a, a steer on my property. Um, that's what it must be nice. I would never feed my kids that shit, man. No. I would I would rather buy from which I do. And right now, Colorado Craft beef. Yep. Little Belt uh, Calico beef. Uh my own beef. Yep. Elk, deer, and duck in my in my freezer right now. Yep. And it's like that's not that difficult to do. But I realize there's a big disconnect. The disconnect is how the hell do you one, right now, I wouldn't know who are the ranchers and farmers in my freaking area. Right. And and that's a huge like there's no directory for ranchers and farmers. Right. Um the only thing I've seen for, for directories is like farmersonly.com. There's some good girls <laughs> on farmersonly.com. I met three of them. That's it awesome. didn't go well, but they're a little big too. Um but how do you create that connection and then what's the purpose of technology? And we talked a little bit about a contingency. What's that contingency for technology? Yeah, so so the 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 original or the foundation of this is to create a, a group of people that are listening to this, right? So let's say I'm I'm wildly successful with this app and we've got 50 million users. That's 50 million voters when I can say, hey, they're trying to bring beef in from Paraguay. Go tell them to knock that shit off, right? We need somebody to, we need somewhere where people can have a, a clear, clear line of communication of what's happening. Because yeah. most people just go, everybody's so busy with their own lives. They don't have time to pay attention to every little aspect yeah. that's being that decisions are being made for them and not telling them right and mm -hmm. again being food being the most important thing for us i feel like it's important to have a platform where people can connect and hear what's going on yeah so they can stay informed right so the software that we are it's in development um it's going to be called from the farm and it's like airbnb but instead of short-term rentals listed, it's everybody around you that's growing food. So it's very so. What we had to do is solve and make it. People are used to convenience now, so we had to design something was very simple, both for the the ranchers because, you know, these guys don't like flip phones, right? Yeah. Now they're 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 advancing, but they don't want to spend that much time on there. So we're developing a software that's as easy as listing your Airbnb rental. They process the animal. They've got a profile on this software and it just says, here's my inventory. Shipping, fulfillment, all of that stuff has been simplified. They still have to find, meet you with it. But if I can have it just, they get an alert that somebody bought meat and they didn't have to do anything yeah. other than meet up with you. That simplifies that process to where now producers can start making the majority uh, or a lot more of the revenue. Looking for a quick and easy way to grab your favorite Black Rifle coffee roast? Well, you could find America's Coffee 
on the shelves of your local Walmart. Stock up on your favorite roast as well as several Walmart exclusives you can't find anywhere else. No need to worry about waiting for shipping or having to drive all the way across town to find your favorite Black Rifle Coffee roast. Whether you're filling up for an early morning hunt or just need a pick-me-up during a busy day, stop by Walmart and grab a bag of Black Rifle Coffee today. In 1980, ranchers made 60 cents on the dollar. Now it's 14 cents. That's why we've lost 40% of them since 2000. They can't afford it. Yeah. And if you look at suicide statistics between uh, uh, with ag, it's equal to vets. Really? It's wild. Well, I believe it. I mean, here's what I see on the back end. I have a lot of friends that are come from ranching and farming families. I mean, I live in an ag belt right here in Hebrew Valley. This place was was an agricultural belt, um, raising cattle, yep. raising sheep. There's still doll sheep up in the in the mountains. I, I almost ran over one yesterday. <laughs> and when it, when when you look at all these families, um, these families had to partition their land because they couldn't afford the property right. taxes on them. Right. As soon as they were inherited. Yep. And it's like, okay, this is your inherited land. You could you could, you know, roll up some hay and make a couple of grand to pay mm-hmm. for your taxes, mm-hmm. but that will include labor, yep. somebody to get out there and do it. You got to manage the process, or you could sell it to a developer for a thousand X. Exactly. And it's like, what do you think these kids are gonna do? Well, and most of them would rather not, but when they're faced with either losing it or selling it. Yeah. So so now all of our prime agriculture land to feed Americans is being over being developed over, yeah. right? And it's because they can't afford it. Every producer I know, they would never sell their land, yeah, unless they had to. That's the start. Point. It's their heritage. It's yeah. their that's what the suicide are what they are because when they lose their identity, just their like purpose, yeah. just like combat veterans, we come yeah. home and we're like. You know, I sold pest control door to door right when I got home, and I remember going door to door, going, "I used to be a fucking warrior, and now I'm selling pest control." Yeah. Like it was miserable. Yeah. You know, and so you lose your identity and then, but then you got to go find another one. And so that's what's happening, man. And people, they just can't make it work. And so if we can create a parallel economy to the one that exists, then over time, hopefully it becomes the standard, but it's just a connection point. Like we set up the software and then the consumer knows how to get a hold of the producer and we let them work it out. Right now it's still tech. So I'm, working on concept. The idea is that you might use my service because it's simple, but in a worst case scenario, if you're my rancher, I'm buying from you through the service, shit falls apart. I know who Mike is. So I don't need the tech now, but now I know you and you know me and you're like, you got a people connection. Dude, shit fell apart, but I got you. Yeah. If you know your farmer and rancher, you'll always have there's people in your backyard. That's right. See, I don't, God, we need this. Like I need this now because yeah. I, I even think about it. Like, I, you know, there's like produce. Mm-hmm. I, I, dude, I try to grow produce for six months. And my goats ate it in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I suck at this. Yeah. And I just like, I just ripped the plastic off my greenhouse. Yeah. Like, I'll just buy the shit. I'm yeah. just done. Yeah. But I would rather buy from local uh, ranchers yep. and farmers and to have that, that touch point, like you said, and then building that relationship and then, and then investing in that rancher or farmer as an allocation mm-hmm. saying, Hey, Hey, John, um, next year I'll be looking at a, a, an entire, if I can get a cow, can I get a cow? And I talked a little, a little bit about this. I'm like, like you put a premium on the experience. My kids can, can come out yes. and see the animal with the tag that says Philcraft Survival on it. And that's my my cow. My, the family has a relationship. We, we drive by it every single day. 
and then you har- it's harvested and then you you bring it on your plate and you have that touch point. Yep. Your kids know like that cow was in that yard. My my baby girl was eating a a, a burger and she's like, mm, "Daddy, this is good." She's four. She's almost four, and she goes, um, "She goes, this is this is good. This is McDonald's." And I said, "No, babe, we don't we don't eat McDonald's." <laughs> I was like, uh, "I'll eat McDonald's chicken nuggets. That's yeah. the exception. I'll do some chicken. I'm ground chicken. <laughs> I'm not doing ground beef." beef. But um, <laughs> they named the damn cow, um, and I won't even say his name out loud because I don't like naming him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's like, "Is this?" And I'm like, "Yes, that is him." And, and she's like, "Oh." And they went back to the birds. Yeah. Like he's good though. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, like you want those touch points that doesn't exist in any way. I don't think anywhere in our country. I don't even see farmers markets really anymore in Hebrew Valley. Right. I mean, at the at the intersection here, there's a guy who pulls up in a white van, and he pulls out his fruit and all his stuff, mm-hmm. and and he's a Mexican mm-hmm. dude. And my neighbors are Mexican, real good people. A lot of them work all over this place mm-hmm. doing labor. And no offense to white people, all the white people pull up and they all buy the fruit. And one day I walked over there and I was hanging out with them and I'm looking at the oranges and they have Costco stickers on them yeah. on the bottom. And I'm like, this dude, this dude's going buying wholesale yep. smart. Good on him. Yep. He's buying, he's buying wholesale from Costco. He's showing up, pulling the labels and stickers. I saw the bottom of the thing. And I'm like, and he kind of looks at me and kind of smirks. And I just walk away. <laughs> but it's like, but that the feeling is what yes. those people want. Yes. The upsell is right there. That's right. But if you're actually getting it from farmers and ranchers, yep. that changes your life. Well, then you also know. So what's happening also right now is they're trying to put mRNA uh, technology into the vaccinations of our livestock and our produce because they've found that the mRNA can actually cross the, the gut barrier into your bloodstream. So you might choose not to get vaccinated, but the big four corporation, they're in the pocket. They're, they're all in it's corporate government, right? Oh, That's yeah. what's happening. The lobbyists, yeah. they're all, they're, they're all together now. So yep. if they say we want the MRNA vaccine, they're not, nobody's going to put up a fight. Your local ranchers will. Yeah. They've all, a lot of them have come out already and said, we've heard, I mean, when the MRNA vaccine, uh, MRNA technology was announced in our food production, I got messages all day long. Are, is this in your food? Is this in your food? And I said, ask your local rancher because you should do your own research. But I'm telling you, none of them is doing that shit. And yeah. so a lot of them came out openly and said, we will never put mRNA vaccines in our cattle. Just yeah. don't worry about it. You know. So when you know the producer and you can ask them where it all came from, <clears throat> just like the vegetables, because that's not uncommon, by the way. A lot of people, there's like these these you know black market grocery stores where they just go to the grocery store and then they go to farmers markets and sell and they didn't actually raise it or produce it yeah so you want to get to know them that's the whole point we used to know who our people were that grew our food and that's why i say if you know your farmer and rancher you'll always have it yeah they'll produce for you it's a you, you serve each other you're helping them keep their lights on shoes on their kids feet and they're helping keep food on your kids table well you know? what's the disconnect for ranchers and farmers I know part of it has to do with like legacy and old being old school, and mm-hmm. this is the way it's always been. But what what is the difficulty? Because you see outliers, yeah, some some guys who are doing it, and they're trying to get it d- bridged. But what's the disconnect there for them? Like uh, disconnect in how they're connecting, or just why they won't connect? Why they're not, be, it, you know, yeah. why they don't have Shopify? Why they're yeah, not yeah. connecting with? I mean, Greg's the coolest thing Greg did that I, that I love. Is he took beef 
that would normally either spoil or be giveaways at the end of the year. He ground it. He put it in a food truck. Yep. And now in Bozeman, yeah, the burger every, truck. everybody loves organic, whole food, everything. Yep. He's selling those burgers. And, I, dude, my kids ate like 50 burgers off the back of that <laughs> yeah. It's so damn good. Yeah. And, like, why are they so slow to get this well, integrated? When you ranch, you're, it's not a full-time job. It's three full-time jobs. Yeah. So it's time. Mm. I mean, and then where's the money to hire somebody to do it? Yeah. That's the disconnect. They're not making enough. And they're so busy. Like, producers don't go on vacations. Like, yeah. if they do, it's a rodeo. It's a quick trip to a rodeo, and then they're home. Because yeah. who's going to feed their horses? Who's going to take care of their livestock? They don't get to leave. Like, we don't understand as a, civil, as a, po as a civilization, as a population, the level of commitment to be a farmer and rancher. Now, the payoff for them and why they would never trade it is because of that connection to nature. Like, you know, when you go out hunting, when you go backpacking, like you can, you can be in a really low spot and you go out in nature and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got this, right? Yeah. So th that's the payoff for them. But it is a, it is a commitment unlike any other career that exists, you know? Yeah. Um, so the disconnect is they don't have the time and they don't have the money to hire it out. Yeah. The ones who do it well usually have older kids that want to be on the ranch. So they're like, great, I got a job for you. Yeah. Learn how to run Shopify. Yeah. Take care of fulfillment. But if your kids are younger, if you don't have any, it's a big job to try to do all of that. Yeah, I can see I can see I see a lot of the uh especially the women, the attractive women, on their tractors and on the farm. Yeah. And they're doing social media to yep. kind of market the yep. buzz. And they have some landing site. Typically it's OnlyFans, but sometimes they have like, hey, you come here to get the beat come here to get some kind of product or whatever it is. And you see that and you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, because it's rare to see farmers and ranchers doing that type of thing unless they're like showing them riding on a horse or something. Yeah. But there's no, like I see them and I go, dude, you don't have, you're showing how the that lifestyle is an amazing lifestyle, but you're not converting a sale. Yeah. You're doing it for popularity and yep. you could be doing it as part of your business plan. So how do you do this? Do you walk into a town like Heber Valley and you go, all right, I'm going to go to the local, you know, 4-H, figure out who's here, who's yep. who in the you know, who's who's in the know and then go meet with those people to bridge those relationships and recruit them and say, "Hey, here's my service." Yeah, it's uh so meeting the producers is word of mouth, it's a tight community, but then also going to like speaking engagements, right? So, the Utah uh Department of Agriculture and Food had a soil health summit a year ago down in St. George. They got another one coming up in January. Yeah. I'll speak, I'll have a booth and I'll say, here's what I'm doing. I'm trying to connect you. Interesting. Yep. And so go, it's meeting them where they're at, right? They're going to yeah. go to these ag conferences. They're going to go learn the, the newest technology or the best way to finish an animal or whatever, wherever they're meeting, that's where I want to find them. What I've found is it's actually become harder, which is as you're understanding, it's harder to get producers on board than it is consumers. I thought I was going to spend a lot more money in customer acquisition. Oh, which that's is the typically, easy part. Man, people are like, Zero for customer acquisition. P and yeah. people now, they're like, we're screwed. The, the Patriots. I'm like, yeah. I'm talking to you guys. You, you're you not willing to eat, line up and eat the freaking cricket burgers. You're not going to eat the Beyond Meat. I, I don't give a shit about anybody else but the ones who care about that. And they've been waiting for this yeah. to come up because they know we're in a bad spot, right? Yeah. But the producers are a little bit more challenging to get on board because part of it's they've been promised things and nobody delivered. Yeah, it's like, yeah. show me. I'll believe it when I see it type yeah. of deal. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I get it. I totally understand that. So It's got to take a lot of capital to get that up and running too. Yeah, but you know what? Fortunately, 
technology's come a long way that if I was trying to do this 10 years ago, this would be a multi, multi-million dollar. You have to build the code. Yeah, now you could just... APIs exist. So we'll, yeah. you know, so uh, I've got a really awesome team, a tech team out of Southern Utah um, that uh, they're helping me build this and we can do it for, we can get the MVP at least going and then I'll bring in higher, bigger capital. Are you going to start with specific geographical regions or towns? Yeah, how's it gonna, how's yeah it we'll scare? launch the software in Utah. Yeah, it, We'll do the Rocky Mountain, right? So, we're in this unique position where I'm in Cody. There's only 530,000 people in the whole state yeah. of, of Wyoming. Yes. There yeah. are like 10 million cows. Yeah. So they have, a, the producers there have a problem where there's not enough consumers to sell to because all our neighbors are raising it. So yeah. they're, they're having a challenge making direct-to-consumer sales locally because of that. Well, I spent 12 years in Phoenix. Arizona is a freaking desert. There, are, there is not nearly enough cattle getting fat in Arizona to feed Phoenix. Yeah. So I'm going to work first to connect with producers in Montana, Wyoming, Utah, Idaho, and we're going to just saturate Ooh. Vegas and Phoenix as our target market so we can basically secure their supply chain, right? If you're a consumer in Phoenix, you'll now have access to something. That's where we'll start first, right? It's a, it's, it's the lowest hanging fruit. They need it. We have it. Yeah. And then I'm already connecting people before the software exists because Dude, our world is, you know, our world is so fucking crazy right now. Who knows if I have time to get this shit done before we need it. So I'm like, for now, meet me on Discord. You got to kind of do the work on your own. I haven't fixed the technology yet to make it simple. But if you're hungry for this and you're willing to call the rancher yourself versus just clicking by, which is what the software will do, I'm going to connect you now. So people are joining our Discord group so I can just connect them nationwide. So you have the ability to kind of bulletin board yes ranchers and farmers right now yeah yeah and connect people yep oh that's the way to do it right now. yeah that's it, the grassroots right there dude because listen i'm not doing this for the money yeah like and there and, ain't no money in it no really. no and let's say like if i get 15 percent of every transaction that happens it yeah. could be a billion dollar company but i don't want anybody touching this that yeah. is only interested in that because that's why we're in the position we're in 100 you know what i mean so yeah. i'm like i'm gonna give it away if you're looking for it my my mission is to do this yeah. you know uh I didn't do much when I was in Iraq, but when we were there, we went into a village. Yeah. And we brought care packages and food. Yeah. And my brain, I was there for a different reason, of course, at the time. So I didn't log, my brain logged something that I didn't pick up on until 2020. Yeah. And it was the look on the dad's face oh. when we were feeding his family. Interesting. Because they lived in a world where they couldn't source it for themselves. Yeah. And I'm like, so then when 2020 happened, all of a sudden that dude's face was in my my mind right yeah and i was playing soccer with his kids in full battle rattle while i was sitting there and so all of a sudden this dude's face is in my mind but now the look on his face in my head while i'm closing my eyes was some other man is feeding his family yeah and i'm like i am not fucking doing this yeah and so i'm like well and then i'm like i don't know nothing about technology how the fuck am i gonna do this yeah dude if you meet the right people if you're good at networking then i you know i learned like, you can do anything yeah. So now I have the team. I just got to paint the vision and the direction and bring the right people together and, and we'll make it happen. But the right people for the right reason. Yeah. You know, the byproduct of doing this successfully will be revenue, but we are not doing it for revenue. It's to secure our nation's food supply chain. That's it. It's such an interesting idea because you're not even, even if it's, we have an abundance of food now, we have a scarcity potentially on the way. Let's say you never get to the survival aspect where yeah. you're just getting by. Yeah. If you're if you're thriving and you're in abundance, 
you have a new appreciation for yes. the position because of those relationships, those right. interpersonal relationships you built. And staying in that bracket at the local level. Because I tell people all the time, like, I mean, we saw it during strikes with uh, truck drivers. We saw it during COVID. When everything shut down supply chain-wise, and that two-week supply on your Walmart shelf went away, what are you left with? Yep. If you don't have the freezer, if you don't have the contact, then you have to be willing to connect. And, you know, we started American Contingency as that. You know, I think, dude, I don't know what the integration is, but I feel like there's some kind of integration with American Contingency, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll talk to you offline about it, but I'd sure. love to, for you to talk to Tom from American Contingency. Okay. Because everybody in Amcon that's directly either part of a group or leading a group in the States, we have the heaviest mm -hmm. in Arizona and Utah. Nice. When you see that, this integration, these people want that exact same thing. Yes. But they're also people you can connect with as a touch point that already know the ranchers and farmers. Yeah. So instead of like having to get and distill it through an organization yep. or through a seminar, you might already have the people content. There's something there. I yeah. don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. figure it yeah. out. Um, yeah. But it, so what's the timeline on this? How, what are we What are we looking at for this to unravel and to be accessible? We'll, we'll put the links for the Discord down yeah. below. Um, that's quick access. But what are we talking about on the user interface app side? Yeah. So on the, uh, I think we're six months out from an MVP. Um, I said that six months ago. <laughs> yeah, that happens. But, Same. you know, we had to get through corporate documents and get mm -hmm. all the shit together so that we could seek investment. I think what I'm going to do is a crowdfunding campaign for people. So because people have been like, hey, can we donate? And I don't like taking money from people for crowdfunding nothing. Crowdfunding would be cool, man. Yeah. Because you want to make it about the, that's the right. buy in from the people. That's exactly right. And people are like, can we donate? And I'm like, I, and I've told them, I appreciate that because I could certainly use it right now, but I don't want to take something for nothing. So I knew I was going to probably go the crowdfunding way. So I'm like, let me get set up to where your your donation actually comes with maybe a, you know, a, a point of, of, of equity in what we're doing or yeah. something like that. So now that's all set up. Now I can start moving forward with our crowdfunding setup. And then yeah. I want the, I'm hoping that the people will help make this happen so that I don't, I've had VCs come to me and like, this is brilliant. We need this. And I'm like, yeah, but your corp, your structure is profit focused only. Yeah. I know this is a billion dollar idea, Yeah, but you, you want this to yeah. be a billion dollar. I want this to be a network for, I don't want anybody manipulating this shit. Yeah. Because, you don't need VCs, you need people. Dude, because if, let's say we crush it, right? All of a sudden JBS shows up and says, we'll give you a hundred million dollars yeah. to buy it. And if I got a bunch of VCs breathing down my neck, cause that's who's in there. No, damn. That's exactly what happened in the industry. Exactly, and they'll do that. That's the when when that's a an ranch, easy buy, dude. When a ranch finally does really well, yeah, they go away because they get offered seventy five million bucks to get absorbed into that ecosystem. But before before we close out, I want to. Yeah. Do you think this is deliberate? Everything you say, my sergeant major <laughs> counterterrorism brain, as I think through assessing information and 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 risk assessments and everything, I hear all these inputs. And you never said they're deliberate. They feel intentional and deliberate because it takes away the ability to be reliant or self-reliant yep. and relinquishes control so it can be completely manipulated. Yes. Do you feel I, that way? I absolutely believe that. I don't think it started that way. I think that the powers that be now saw it as a convenient tool that they could exercise for their agenda. 
now. So you you mentioned that you read Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah. What does he say when people said, why don't you stand up against your captors in the prisons? He said, when you're absolutely starving, mm. you do nothing but think about your next meal, including shoveling aim mindlessly your, your buddy's ashes out of the kiln. Yep. yep. Starving. When you can starve people, you are in control. So when you control the necessity, when you yep. control the... the the rawest of needs, yep. you have complete, utter control. So I don't think it started that way. I just think it became a convenient tool that was right there to take. So, you know, it, uh, it's good to have friends that have been around, you know, doing the things you guys have because these dudes are corrupt. And when you start like 85% of the market, my goal is that they only get 15% and our yeah. local farmers and ranchers and the consumers get the 85%. When you start messing with people's paychecks like that, yeah. I better have some friends you can call on. <laughs> I know. I know. That'd be the easy button, though. That's the easy button. <laughs> Just a great reset would be easy. Yeah. Um, when we look at when we look at all these things evolve, man, I I I, I want to get involved. what we talked about years ago of Philcraft Farms, um, you know, it was a concept of doing something not similar to this, but similar as far as what it was doing to help the community, where we wanted Basically, an established farmer's market yep. that was basically an empty grocery store. Yep. Vendors come in. They set up. They have to proof that they're from the local community, from the state at least. Yep. And then whether it's soap to honey to beef, you can go in there and get all the things. With all of these things, my business mind thinks about the liability, the, the insurance, the structure on the rancher, the farmer, the person, because I know the government wants his nose in this. Yes. They want to regulate everything. And this seems like something they would, I mean, most, most companies might even go, oh, oh, Shopify, we wouldn't be interested in this because, you know, this seems scary. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we wouldn't want to do this transaction because it seems too high risk or whatever. Yeah. Is there any of those concerns and fears that you've seen along the way in your journey? Yeah. My, I mean, our biggest threat will be regulation. Yeah. You know, I talk about, you know, the, the, the physical threat, which doesn't that doesn't scare me near, nearly as much as the, the regulation threat, because that's an easy pen. Swat. Like you said, that's the easy button. The, the hard one is, I mean, look what happened to Uber when they took away from the taxi industry. They had a battle. Look at Airbnb when they took away from the short term rental hotel industry. They had a battle. Yeah. Those are minute compared to the food industry. Yeah. You start so, meeting in a Walmart parking lot exchanging yep. beef. Yes. People are going to get a little suspicious yeah. and then throw all their dollars at you all right? of their dollars because you're going to start pulling away from it so that's where strategic partnerships and relationships with the right people in in politics right the right yeah. state people that's why that's why it makes sense to start in montana utah wyoming because they're all on board with this for the most part utah has this great service called utah's own where they they're set up to connect people with local food oh really? so I'm, that's why we're going to the friendly states that are like, no, you should help us. We're, yeah. we're down to support that because regulation will be my biggest enemy yeah. as we start moving. And But the nice thing is, is if you go to a USDA plant, you've met, you've met all the requirements. It doesn't matter if you're selling through my platform on the street corner. Like you can, you can slaughter a cow at a USDA plant, park in the street corner. And as long as you have your, you know, like your business license, you have no problem selling me. What well, happens in a microcosm and, and good established restaurants right right a good chef who's who's working um local food sources is going through fish markets he's going to ranchers and farmers procuring that bringing it and then putting it on people's plates right we're just 
this is now going to a family unit yep. versus going to a restaurant or a exactly. establishment, right? Dude, this is so exciting, man. Yeah. I, I geek out in this stuff. <laughs> um, I, I saw you got, so you got social media. Yep. You got a website. Like what are your points uh, of connection and how can people get involved? Yeah. So feed the people by the people.com is feed our website. the people by the com. Yep. And if you awesome. go there, if you're a consumer, you can click to get into our discord group. If you're a producer, you can click to be uh, connected with our, like, I need to know who you are, get you on my spreadsheet so I can start connecting you. So I want everybody there. Uh, and then my Instagram is a period J underscore Richards. You should, you should do a donate link right, right now. Cause I think like, I you do know, have one in my Instagram. Oh, you have a yeah. donate link in your Instagram? Yeah. It's okay. through uh give, send, go. Good. Yep. Go to, go to that link and get involved. Like out of all the things you're allocating <laughs> philanthropic dollars to, yeah. um, you know, go out and be involved and help this cause, man, because this is an important one, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, I, I think this is, this is going to change everything. Yeah. Potentially for us in a good way. Yeah, I we hope so. Take it back. The fund, the fundraising right now too, by the way, is for de getting off of Instagram because they're gonna. It's only a matter oh. of time. Oh, right? I'm surprised. You're, are you suppressed? I do. When I became a blue check, I was I was growing at four thousand followers a day, and I'm like, well, shit, I better do the blue check for security purposes. Yeah. I got throttled to a hundred a day. The moment I got approved, I was like, holy shit, I should have stayed off the radar. They're paying attention now. Yeah, <laughs> they are. I'm like, damn it. I got on the radar. So it's, uh, I've got some guys that they can literally build us a platform that looks just like Facebook, but we own it all. Yeah. So I can never be shut down. Uh, so the fundraiser we're doing now is to start that and to get a podcast off the ground. Okay, man. I'm, my, I'm like mind blown right now. I don't know if I'm hungry or if I want to go out and start a ranch or something. There's so many things going through my head. Um, awesome. Check out the links down below for everything that me and AJ talked about. Get involved, guys. This is your country. This is your family. You got to take ownership, and this is the first way to do it. It's not like virtue signaling on Instagram how mad you are at the federal government. There's a lot of things you could do within your control uh, throughout your everyday life. So uh, hit, hit up the links down below get involved and uh we'll see you next time thanks for coming on the podcast yeah, thanks man. mike thanks man joining the black rifle coffee club is setting your coffee delivery to autopilot as a club member you get your favorite premium brcc roast delivered fresh to your doorstep all you have to do is pick your coffee select the amount you want then set the delivery schedule and you're done easy as that not only will you get to knock coffee off your grocery list for good but you also save cash over time since members get free shipping on deliveries Club members also get exclusive discounts with partner brands like Philcraft Survival, Cryptech, Six Sour, and more. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club today. Start saving and enjoy the peace of mind that your coffee has been taken care of. That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo! Drum titties, boy!